What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hello, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is The Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. Today we're walking... Uh, to our house to watch a thing on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was th- so we're watching Glass Onion. This is a, a Knives Out mystery. Uh, this was in cinemas this for year for um, one week. For one week, <laughs> one week only, and we missed it. Uh, we could not get to it, um, and it had, had a very limited uh, release. It was only in one well. cinema near us. Yeah, we couldn't get to it, and um, I am I- disappointed because I love Knives Out. I think the year it came out... We both it was, had it in our top five yeah, in we 2019. Both, Yeah, we both loved it. Um, so we're really excited to watch this one, but I am disappointed that he made the choice to premiere it on Netflix. Uh, he did not somebody, make this choice. Somebody made the choice. Ryan Johnson, I, I doubt, was shopping it around. Or maybe, maybe he was, I don't know. Directors have a lot of say in this yeah. stuff. Anyway, I'm disappointed. He, he certainly wouldn't have been, I, 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 as with most directors, I'm sure he wanted a longer cinematic run. I'm yeah. sure he's not happy about that. I am but, disappointed that it's not, I would have, because I, I found the first one when we saw it in cinema, was such a laugh to watch in the cinema. And yeah, I presume this would be the same. Because it was funny, yeah. I'm hoping for the same here, and uh, it was a great one to watch with an audience. Because exactly. everyone was on board with it yeah um, so I'm, I'm disappointed actually at the same time I'm also really happy to have a, a movie to throw on this evening like at home so I'm conflicted about it and, and but it's anyway kind of, it's kind of a tricky thing as well because it, it does conflict with Netflix's business model right um, to put it in the cinema first. to put it in the cinemas for a long time but also they would have pulled in a lot of money I think um, yeah, it could have made a lot of money. It would have been a box office yeah. hit. So it's and a fun, it's a funny one. It's a shame, yeah. And I guess they probably put it in cinemas to get it awards ready or whatever. But anyway, we're gonna go watch it now. We're really excited. Huge fans of the first one. Um, have even avoided trailers for this one. Yeah, I know very little know. about yeah. it. I know some of the cast that's in it because yeah. it's another all-star cast. Um, and the first one was amazing. So yeah, if you I haven't really seen that. 
if you if you were if you are the person who hasn't seen that Knives Out, go watch that. It's also on Netflix, yeah. I presume. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's go watch uh, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, uh, which I read uh, that uh, Ryan Johnson is not happy with that uh, that title. Oh, he just wanted it to be Glass Onion. I mean, I get from a marketing so, perspective. Netflix, I get it. Yeah, no, no, I see. Yeah. yeah, Netflix are like, that's our brand. It's <laughs> our sub brand. We need a brand. Um, okay, let's go. But I mean, people could have figured it out. But really, it should have been a Benoit Blanc mystery. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's what it should have been. For sure. Definitely. Anyway, Can't so wait to see Benoit I can, Blanc. I can again. understand the frustration. Um, right, we'll see you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Welcome, gang. We got a great weekend. Who's that? Benoit Blanc, the detective? Mr. Prompt. I cannot overstate my gratitude to be here. When's the murder mystery start? I've invited you all to my island. Hi. Because tonight, a murder will be committed. My murder. Once you're dead, will we still be able to talk to you? Yeah, I'm not playing dead the whole weekend, dude. Well, this is truly delightful. Across the island, I've hidden clues. You will have to closely observe each other. If anyone can name the killer, that person wins our game. Any questions? Alibarry. That has a kick. Oh my god. What happened? Oh, holy shit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a murder, and the killer is in plain sight. For at least one person, this is not a game. Hi, we're back. We're uh, out for a little walk. We've watched Glass Onion. Uh, if it's your first time here, we don't uh, spoil the movie. You can keep listening if you haven't seen it, and you're and you're pondering over whether to watch it. But I, I mean, I'll cut that short. Just go watch it. Um, <laughs> the uh, no spoiler, but we will spoil the movie later on Spoiler Street. So, mm-hmm. Kathy, uh, what are your what are your feelings on? Uh, I mean, I know I was sitting next to you. Oh, tell, tell them what you're feeling. Yeah, usually are. we kind of don't know what the other one talks during the cinema, but obviously when you're watching Some, it at sometimes home... Sometimes you get a sense of what the person next to you is feeling at the cinema from uh, loud sighs. I tend to sigh a lot if I'm not <laughs> enjoying laughter. something at the cinema. But we were chatting through this and having loads of fun speculating and really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, we paused. There was a lot of animated uh, pausing. <laughs> And uh, I'm guessing finger wagging and yeah. pointing, but no, that doesn't make sense. Because what is this <laughs> I loads of fun watching it. I love Ryan Johnson. I uh, love mysteries and I love comedies. So this is my bag. Uh, I was thrilled actually to have it back. I wish there was another one that I could have just watched straight away after. Like this to me is literally the movie version of White Lotus now. We've had two completely different settings, two completely different casts. Oh, yeah, rich rich people on holiday. Yeah, two yeah. completely different approaches. Like, it feels both in the same universe as the first one, but completely different. It's got I a different... Love it. That's a really good comparison point. I hadn't thought about that. But the... Um, it's the, Yeah, it's like that in sort of setting and the context and characters. The but characters- it's got a very different tone. I think White Lotus is... Very, it's it's quite cynical and, and dark underneath it all. Yeah, the tones aren't similar. No, but Ryan the, Johnson here. This is almost cartoonish. It's, the oh, it's, tones it's, aren't it's over the no. top and silly. And but the fun. fact that we've got these two kind of universes with crossovers, yeah, and come both both come back again this year for a second run at it. I love it. I'd watch these movies all day. Uh, I really enjoyed what happened around the halfway mark, which we can talk about on Spoiler Street. And I've naturally seen, obviously, loads of people comparing which movie they prefer. 
I can't say and a bit like with White Lotus I'm not really going to try and compare which one I like more because they're in season one versus season two because I think they're just really different and I'm just glad that I've seen two of them um, and I would like to re-watch the first one actually because I haven't seen it in a long time but this was really fun I think what's interesting about it as well is it's obviously very much like a parody and a piss take of rich people and I also think some of the when we were watching it some of the kind of clues and mystery elements were really obvious and really visible so I think that's fun too because it's also yeah, you're just like, about what the, was the, the, the why, why is he lingering it. on that exact yeah, prop it's like that feels significant I think you could see um, like one of my friends texted me that she, she saw the killer she saw what the killer did like it was all on screen yeah and uh, I think that's really fun that actually often doesn't happen in mysteries um, so I kind of I love how he's playing with it. Yeah, anyway, you can you, you can piece it together. Yeah, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I had a great time. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's I, I laughed out loud a lot. I thought it was really funny. Um, I thought the mystery was um, satisfying. Um, it, it, it's interesting. I was texting um, uh, my friend Joe Kiley, a listener uh, to this podcast, and he's been on uh, on a few times. And he wasn't a fan of this. And I kind of asked, oh, why didn't, why didn't it gel with you? And he said, look, the characters were too... Um, I'm sorry, I'll butcher your quote here, Joe. But, you know, they were over the top or outlandish or one-dimensional. And, and, and I, I agree with him. I think that's a fair point. But to me, that's a feature, not a bug. I think, you know... Do you know I don't what I mean? mind that, yeah. I think, that, I think that's... They're, they're deliberately cartoonish they're well, when you think of Clue the, the traditional game like you yeah had, it's Mrs. Peacock they, they and are characters they, they are defined by one characteristic really yeah. and you get um, and these actors who play them all you know uh, Dave Batista, Kate Hudson you know they're, they're they're having a lot of fun they're just they're being given carte blanche to just kind of just be hammered up and be silly and over the top and to me that was very enjoyable and, I, and I'm yeah. okay with that I don't come and I, and I think now that we've seen two of these movies these I'm going to call them Benoit Blanc mysteries I don't care what, what Netflix wants me to say mm-hmm. The I, I feel like he has now established um, and I know you spoke about the similarities or the differences between the two but there's an established um, format I think and a tone that mm-hmm. I now I think is solidified and I will expect from future Benoit Blanc mysteries and that is um, that that is one of them you know a, a, a collection of outlandish characters um, an over the top setting I think rich people seems to be very common here um, but but also sort of that something ha- something big happens at the halfway mark which adjusts your expectations or perception of the whole thing um, and Benoit Blanc himself I think is uh, is a very f- uh, interesting and, gra- and uh, Love him. great detective really like and but like he Daniel Craig I think we said this when we watched Knives Out it's so great to see Daniel Craig just having a laugh mm-hmm. um, for someone who was so miserable as James Bond yeah, for so really long he really hated being James he Bond he hated being James Bond the movies were dour yeah the, uh, now we did enjoy the last one but like it's just it's just great to see it I think everyone's here is having a good time I had a good time I'm sorry yeah. and we'll get to it in spoilers but there's like some phenomenal cameos in this movie as well Um, But I do want to shout out who I think stole the whole film and she actually stole it away from him even is Janelle Monae. Uh, I don't think I've seen her in anything before. This is the Anna de Armas role, really, right? Well, I don't even think there's a... To be honest, I don't think there's a direct comparison. But she's his... She's the, I guess, the female opposite the male in terms of screen time, for sure. Yeah. Uh, She's unreal. And um, 
Loved watching her And have since found out She's a singer Now I need to go And listen to all her music um, She was very good She was so good yeah. And I just think He does so well on screen Like platonically with women I've never found him Particularly good As a romantic lead In any of the Bond stuff Yeah So I think he does really well As actually more like The father figure Like I feel like He's an actor who grow- Who's grown into his age Very well And I really hope That he Continues to make these movies And they better make one a year that's all I have to say. If it's a ne- if it's Netflix, you can make one a year. Do it. Uh, I guess maybe. Don't we, make us wait I'm not long. sure what the production history is on this. I, I guess it was delayed during the to, due to the pandemic. Oh, the other thing it I wanted set, to say. It is set during the pandemic. Yeah, it's actually. Yeah. I was saying today as we were watching it, there's so few films that actually acknowledge it. have the pandemic as a setting. Yeah. Um. So, in a way, I know like people don't want to see the pandemic on screen because we're all sick of it. But I liked that as a setting because I think it added a certain layer, layer of like tension and desperation to everyone. I don't in know there. if I necessarily agree with that. Uh, I, I don't. I, I think it added very little. I think it, it is acknowledged at the beginning and then very quickly through a um, absurd plot device is waved away. Yeah, and then but it's it, never mentioned again. It kind of explains so I, how you get everyone together, though. And the other bit that I thought was really funny. I don't about, think it added anything. I yeah, think but it was added just layers around Kate Hudson's character because she was the person who throws parties. Oh, so there was some fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, look, this is in the trailer where Kate Hudson, you know, they're all wearing face masks at the beginning, and Kate Hudson's mask is just like, it's just barely netted. Like, you can just see her net. mouth. It's a net. And she throws it's a party ridiculous. during the pandemic yeah. when she's supposed to be, um, you know, not around yeah. anyone. Like, it's fun. Yeah, it's, he uses it to tell us stuff about it, the characters, yeah. but it doesn't add. Any anything to the setting? Except it, I, I disagree. I think oh. it was completely superfluous. I liked it, and now we're going to get to Spoiler Street um, to talk about twists and turns and who done it. So, so spoil, spoilers now. Strong spoiler warning for uh, for Knives Out. No, Wait. not for Knives Out. We're not going to spoil Knives Out. Uh, spoilers <laughs> for Glass Onion. Will you count backwards there from three to one so people have time to take their headphones out? Okay. Have you have you got your headphones out yet? Because here comes the three <laughs> two one. That was it. On three. That was it. They've had in loads of time now. Okay. Um, Don't at us for spoilers. All right. Uh, so do you want? I guess do you want? I guess do you want to talk about that big halfway? Reveal, loved it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Not at all. Good. Didn't yeah. see that coming. I found a lot of this. I hadn't. Um, some of the sort of, uh, as you said, the, the things we spotted were, you know, the pineapple allergy was a big, you know, an obvious clue. Um, the um, the glass switching is that what you were referring to? One of your friends spotted the yeah. uh, Edward Norton putting the glass. Yeah, that's th- that's there. I, I had read afterwards that. It does happen. You just like you just blink every and you single miss it. thing on screen. Yeah. Apparently, you can see everything, which I love. Yeah, I really like that. And I love that because it's so funny because people can get so obsessed about like, oh, I'm trying to solve the mystery, and they get annoyed if the director makes it too obvious. But what I like about this is the director's like, yeah, it's all here if you want to see it. But also, there's all this stuff happening, like the halfway twist, which we could never have guessed. And and there were a few. I mean, the thing I always notice in a murder mystery or anything is when two characters bump into each other. Right, yeah, and I'm like, and uh, there was a, a couple of those. One, what? one, one, one with, with with which Edward Norton takes the gun from Dave yeah. Bautista. But there was another one where um, uh, Catherine Han bumps into uh, Dave Bautista, which and had did she bump was into a, which him? was a misdirect. I guess it just had ah. nothing. He obviously threw a few bumps in there because I we saw like Catherine Han bump into him and said, "Oh, sorry," and I was like. Whoa, that's important, <laughs> uh, and and it wasn't. So but I kind I like that he's yeah. got a few red herrings. He knows we're we're looking out for this. Stuff. And I love. Oh my gosh, my favorite bit right at the start, towards the start of the movie, was when 
Edward Norton, he's like this kind of Elon Musk type, like absolute goober. And he he's like, I've brought you all here to do a murder mystery and you're going to spend the whole weekend. And then Benoit Blanc's like, I do declare. So good. Benoit Blanc, that scene when Benoit he, Blanc he, he, solves the entire solves scene. Solves it within seconds. And to the point where he ends and then the, the arrow comes out and shoots so Edward Norton. So funny. So that was, fun. That was really, really funny. And the whole bit before that about like... Um, oh, what can we win? I thought that was maybe an iPad, <laughs> and then he hands him like he hands him an iPad later. <laughs> I also think, but I, this is where I thought the pandemic setting was interesting, right? And, and I think because the first film, Benoit Blanc was like a local or somewhat local detective who came to solve the mystery, right? Uh-huh. Um, obviously, in this one, he wanted to do a billionaire's private island. It's like, how do you get an American detective to be in this private island in Europe? I absolutely love the conceit that Benoit Blanc's a super celeb, that he speaks to other super sleuths so, so like was, Angela Lens- Lansbury on Zoom. I mean, that was funny. That was so fun. I love her. And I believe that might have been her last movie uh, role. Um, Would have been, yeah. And then the fact that he gets invited and everyone's like oh my god he got a celebrity detective this is amazing and then of course we find out why he's been invited but I think that was very clever to have Benoit Blanc there from the beginning this time as opposed to somebody who comes in after the fact Yeah. and I like how he mixed that up I'm very curious how in the next one he can engineer Benoit Blanc to be there again um, and Benoit Blanc's such a good character like I think to be a really iconic like detective character you need to have a very distinctive look which he has I love his fashion they really they, they upped the game they here really and, the game, and, we, yeah. and we get a bit more insight into his personal life I mean they, but this I is think- where the pandemic comes in because Benoit Blanc was like itching he's in the bath he's depressed he's like on zoom and he's like okay. I want to be solving mysteries he's playing among us and like he wouldn't have normally even gone to this thing I think except that it was the pandemic okay, and he invited I'll give you that I think that is um, that it did provide uh, some establishing context for why he chose to do this and why he was so excited like yeah. why he, he solved that mystery in two minutes and he was just so <laughs> pleased with himself but the um, on the subject of the um, the you know the Edward Norton and Lamp- his character and lamp- lampooning the the super rich and how vacuous they are, this movie could not have come out at a more at a, at a better time mm-hmm. for that at the end of 2022, uh, during which you know uh, Elon you mentioned Elon Musk is you know I think famously like the the wheels have come off the perception of him. Uh, as this sort of super genius as he has become <laughs> increasingly more public um, and his uh, terrible decision making um, is, is you know is, is, there are real parallels between this character and mm-hmm, Elon Musk and sure. there's just like nothing going on and it's all what? it's all talk but well, also loads of them but also did you notice that scene where he was like holding he's holding the napkin and looking at it or he was holding something looking at it and that's a direct parody of Elizabeth Holmes the uh the basically fake scientist holding her vial of blood. Oh, it's I didn't like spot that. Photo, oh, very yeah. good. And the um, like this. So I loved all those... the little touches, like he's using all these uh, words wrong, you I know. Love and that. And, uh, and I didn't even notice that until Benoit Blanc pointed. But it out. all this, you know, I, I work in marketing. Uh, I'm not nowhere near Silicon Valley or any of that stuff. But they, they, they're, um, I, I, I'm ve- I, I often exposed to people who are just vacuous and empty and talking. Um, jargon and bullshit uh, you know and there's nothing beneath the surface mm-hmm. and I love this and I think Silicon Valley is uh, this year with the dropout coming out uh, with Mark Zuckerberg 
share prices uh, tanking for um, Facebook, you know, uh, mass layoffs at the end of 2022. We are are seeing the bubble uh, burst a little bit. And Netflix is another one. The Netflix themselves losing a massive amount of value, losing subscribers for the first time. Suddenly, we're realizing that the um, these empires, these 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 glass onions, is such a good title. It's, it's like they are they are hollow. There is nothing. They are all built up on perception and driven by ego and uh, and also the and and just people following them. And I love that idea of he's only as good as all the people around him uh, and you know it's the same with these companies it's the investors and the shareholders as soon as all that as soon as, there's, as soon as a moment of confidence is gone they had the power to destroy him I mean, in the courtroom real... and they do. They only decide yeah. to do it at the very end um, after you know when when it go, literally all goes up in and smoke really and by the way the Mona satire. Lisa thing oh, the Mona brilliant. Lisa thing is <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely like chef's kiss brilliant how that all fell into place and, and I love I love parody. that line like your name will forever be associated with her you, got, you got your wish and that's why these films are really satisfying because I said today oh my god he's got to have his name always associated yeah you, you said it right but before but that's why these films make us feel clever because they're obvious but we feel clever when we yeah. say them but I do but love but these. they're obvious enough like, like, like there's enough it's not because I'm watching so, sometimes I watch stuff and I'm like Oh, this is like so obviously that, and it's just it just is that, and it's boring. Do you know what I mean? This is why the mid. He had enough going on twist. that I was surprised, yeah. and also, as you said, I also got that feeling of oh, I figured it out. Yeah. Um, and the social commentary around like influencer culture, I love with Kate Hudson, like the fact that she's like the sweatshop oh, she's joke released was this, very like, good. Brand of like leisure <laughs> yeah. wear, and then she didn't even know what a sweatshop is, and like she's like anti-Semitic <laughs> on Twitter, and like she's vile and awful. And like this, she just has probably the best line in the movie when he's like, she's like all about free speech, and I say whatever I think, and he's like, well, it's dangerous to um, to, to conflate saying whatever you think with free thinking, whatever. I can't remember what he says. And then she's like, you think I'm dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> and I love how he solves the mystery where he's like, you planted that magazine with her on the cover. And <laughs> um, I think all the characters are really good, and all the actors are really good. I don't quite know that the the level of iconic actors is not the same as the first movie though which I find interesting um, the first movie you know because you've got like Christopher Plummer and Jamie Lee Curtis and Don Johnson they had like kind of legacy oh, yeah, oh I, I see what you mean yeah. what this film is doing is something different but they're, but they're younger younger disruptors and yeah like, and all the disruptors are so funny because when people say someone's a disruptor I, I laugh so much phrase, yeah. and that's so Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos yeah. Um, so I think the social commentary I can see why some people may not like this movie because in terms of the setting the people are really annoying um, but that is what so many modern influencers I just think that's like. the point yeah that's the point yeah and they and are Dave really Batista is like is Joe Rogan yeah right? and they're so vacuous and they have such huge followings and so much money and like we're the ones who give it to them because we bloody watch them on these stupid platforms so yeah I think this, the fact that he can layer that much social commentary into also what is a brilliant mystery and what is such a laugh and that is I think fascinating to see I think Daniel Craig's legacy his most iconic role is going to be this not Bond and yeah Bond's I'd, like, I'd, like, I'd like it to be yeah, uh, yeah. so I'm, I love it yeah well I think uh, he's defining this character more than you know Bond like what did he like Bond James Bond is bigger than Daniel Craig Bond is just a man but, in a suit But and you can't really bring much to that besides yeah walking around in a tux and saying Bond James Bond yeah but the but he, uh, Daniel Craig, is very much defining Benoit Blanc and who he is, and that the two are synonymous with each other in yeah. the way that 
you know, um, David Suchet will probably is one of the most iconic Poirot. I think he's like a gay icon as well because I think Branagh. he's I think he's a partner is Hugh Grant. Well, they're implying it. The Im- implication, yeah. which they're I not love, coming as well. out and saying it's kind much, of. But, but I think the, what's different implied. about this film compared to the first one for sure is that because we get all that stuff with Benoit Blanc at the beginning, the pandemic stuff. He's much less of a mystery than in the first the first one, yeah. where we kind of discovered him. So it's just different. And in the first one, he had like a partner. In this one, I guess in this no, one, no, he, he ends did, up having no, a partner. No, he didn't have a partner. There were two police no, officers. Another, he was kind I mean. of kind of working. Yeah, there was people there. But then in this one, he has he does end up having a partner. We just didn't realize until halfway through. Yeah, I love that mystery reveal of of her showing up with the broken box. And I love when he said to Edward Norton, "I thought it was a really good setup." Well, someone sent me the box. Who was it? And they set up that like. It's a good setup, yeah. Who's involved him in? Um, I do feel like Catherine Hahn and um, Kate. Oh my God, I blanked on her name. Hudson. Hudson, maybe like a bit underutilized. I was, I was about to say. I'm, I know. I think Kate Hudson got to do a bit. I felt Catherine Hahn didn't get to do a lot. Yeah, um, I felt like they could have nearly put anyone she, in her role. She and felt we a, her. yeah, she felt yeah. a little sidelined, and, uh-huh. and particularly you know for some for an actor who is quite versatile. And quite funny. I, I think she didn't get. I mean, Kate Hudson got a lot of the best uh, lines and got a lot of the attention. Um, yeah. But yeah, Catherine Hahn's character felt a little bit underbaked, and and not much to. They didn't really. He didn't really have much to say on that front, besides the obviously the relationship with politics and and wealth. Um, well, he's funding her campaign, but he then he wants her to push this like nefarious agenda of this like. And it's that thing that's but, so but much. But that's it. That's all there is to that. But she's like, I, I just think it is a good commentary. And like politicians are always like, oh, I just need to get into power so that I can do good. But to get there along the way, I'll make deals with the devil. Yeah, and yeah. it's like you can't do both. And then I love the idea that she's gone off, snuck off to Europe in the middle of the pandemic when she shouldn't have been. When earlier on she's on the news being like, you know, I'm homeschooling my kids. We're like all staying indoors, and that's <laughs> yeah. why they were like, you can't be sunburned when she was all sunburned. You can't go back and say you've been. <laughs> quarantining you covered in summer so I just think all I, I'd love to watch this and the other one again to kind of see all those little bits because they're great fun um, but yeah we definitely recommend it anyway you shouldn't have been on Spoiler Street if you haven't seen it it's one of the most fun movies of the year and I'm just disappointed that it wasn't in cinema there hasn't been a mixed reception to it though I've seen some people saying saying they're either I, I think I think it's probably it's slightly sillier I think than the first one yeah uh, I don't but know it's also agree. our expectations are higher yeah, so we all yeah. saw and loved the first one. Um, it is a difficult second album vibe. It but, is, but, but I, think I, it's I think I think so too. I think I think he I think he pulled it off. I think I'm very grateful to have uh, Ryan Johnson out there creating um, a new um, a new sort of spin on murder mysteries, and he feels like it's doing it very much within his own voice. And he, yeah. I've read interviews with him where he says he's. Agatha Christie is his biggest influence here and he wants sense, to do yeah. uh, he wants to do like her novels were you know in increasingly different and outlandish settings yeah um, and uh, and look long long may it continue I would very, be very much happy if we get another 10 years of this it's so rare like so rare that these days that we get big hit movies that are an original premise and concept yeah like it's so rare so 
Uh, Ryan, please bring the next one out in the cinemas properly. Not for one weekend when everyone misses uh, it. I think you need to call Netflix, not Ryan. <laughs> uh, and as long as it's with Netflix, I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. Anyway, thanks yeah. everyone for listening. Um, come follow us on socials, on Twitter, uh, Instagram. We're on Letterboxd, at The Cinemile. Come say hi, let us know what you thought about this movie. And head over to our Patreon, where we do retro movie reviews every month. And loads of TV reviews. It's patreon.com forward slash the cinema. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening. You must be really great at Clue, huh? I'm very bad at dumb things. Ticking boxes, running around, searching all the rooms. It's just a terrible, terrible game. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and I've always been told I have a face for podcasting. So I launched a podcast. It's called Phone a Friend because each week I'll break down the biggest stories in pop culture. But when I have questions, I get to phone a friend. I'll phone a royal watcher to find out why Prince Harry is acting like a real housewife. I'll phone a tween to please explain euphoria. And maybe I'll even phone a Backstreet Boy to find out if I still have a chance. I don't? Okay. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.